All right, hi hey everyone, it's uh, Sam here, and uh, I have Victor with me today. Victor's another one of my clients uh, who recently landed a summer internship offer, and so uh, definitely uh, after, after recruiting for um, a pretty long time, but he was uh, super persistent about it and uh, super committed to the process and ended up uh, obviously getting an outcome that he's very happy with, so just wanted to definitely get him on here to uh, talk to you guys about his recruiting process and kind of how he went through it and how he was ultimately able to get there. And so, uh, Victor, thanks for uh, taking the time to be uh, talking to us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yep, yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, where I thought we would start is, um, first of all, congratulations, obviously. Um, has it sunk in yet how amazing your accomplishment actually is? <laughs> yeah, it actually has because uh, I've been recruiting since, well, I'm a junior now in my um, spring semester, and I've been recruiting since, like, my sophomore spring, so almost a whole year now. And I've just been getting so many interviews and stuff, but it just hasn't been working out. And um, I actually didn't start getting too many interviews until I started working with you and, like, updated my resume and everything. But um, this was coming down to one of, like, the very last um, potential job offers I could have gotten, and I ended up getting it. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. That that reminds me of, like, my own story. went back when I was recruiting, when I was in college, which is obviously – over a decade ago because I'm old but um when I uh, when I was recruiting for full time I got rejected I think I don't know uh, by over 20 banks before I was down to my last two interviews uh with yeah. Pink and Jeffries and then I got both of those offers but they were like my last two interviews and it was like yeah at one point I definitely thought like oh I'm probably not going to make it into banking at this point because when you get rejected so many times you just it's deflating, right? But then yeah. you have to keep going and then all you need is that one offer, right? And mm -hmm. and also like as you keep as you continue to recruit, I'm sure you got better and better at, you know, interviewing yeah. and you're doing, right? Um yeah. so I'm super glad that you stuck with it. Um I actually did some research into this just because I was curious before this call. But obviously, hey, you and just so everyone knows, right? Like um can we tell everyone like what school you go to? Um, I go to Florida State University, which is a pretty non-target um, school, especially because it's like down south and most big banks are like mostly located in like New York and Los Angeles or um, right. not what, but, but it's like, uh, and then when I was doing like my alumni research, like there, there aren't very many students out of work with like um, particular groups in my school that really involved with um, had a focus on investment banking and there weren't that many students in that. And we're right. all just really hungry to make it out and, and try to get an IB offer. So. Right. So you go to a non-target state school. And then part of the reason you chose to go to Florida, I mean, obviously, uh, state schools are more affordable, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I've been uh, – I'm, I'm originally from South Florida. I lived here my whole life. And I really only had the option. Like, I applied to out-of-state schools. And my application process, I actually went um, six for six for the colleges I applied to. but like my parents wanted me to go to undergrad out of state school so that's how i ended up going to Florida state university yeah and i think that's like super common i mean nowadays school is so expensive um yeah. i talked to a lot of students like yourself where hey it's just like it's not because you can go to a better target school or whatever it's just that for financial reasons you know you have to go to a state school but then that puts you at a huge disadvantage for recruiting for banking right yeah even though it's not really your fault but 
coming back to my, what the point that I was going to make is I did some research on this and I think Florida state, you guys have around 33,000 students, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's around 8,000 let's call it 8,250 people per graduating class. And then I was yeah. curious. So I went and looked on LinkedIn to see like how many people in the last few graduating classes have actually listed themselves as like investment banking analysts. Right. Cause I want to mm-hmm. say, Hey, how many people from Florida state actually make it in banking? And so in the class of 2018, now this is not like a hundred percent scientifically precise or anything, but I think yeah. it gives you a good sense in 2018, I, I, I counted one girl that went to Deutsche Bank, a guy that went to SunTrust, a guy that went to Wells Fargo, and a guy that went to Raymond James, and that's it. So I counted four guys yeah. in the class. Yeah, of and, those, and those are actually all the people that I've talked to. So that I'm, I'm pretty sure that's actually really accurate because <laughs> I, I know like the actual network that's in IB, and I know every single one, all four of those people that you mentioned, and that's probably that. Right. Right. And then the class of 2019, I did the same thing. And it was one girl that went to Goldman, three guys that went to Wells Fargo and one girl that went to Deutsche Bank. Right. Yeah. And so in the last two classes, you guys had anywhere from four to five people out of a class of over 8,000 people. Right. Yeah. And that's like literally the degree of difficulty that we're talking about, which a lot of the times I talk to students from non-target schools, and they have no idea um, how how stacked uh, how how the odds are so stacked against them, right? Like I'll, I'll yeah. ask people like, hey, so how many people go to your school? And then like, how many people do you think actually get into banking each year? And some people say, oh, I think there's like 50 people from my school or 100 people from my school. I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure there's not that many considering you're going to a non-target school, but. Again, coming back to you, like, I don't know how many people in your class are going to end up going to banking, but, you know, yeah. you could be one of four or five people out of your entire class. Yeah, I know. There's, like, a there's like a program um, to get into IB through our school, and I actually didn't end up getting into that, but I'm really close with all the people that are in it. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, eight that got in, into it, and only, like, three of them have offers right now, so... Wow, um, okay. lucky few for my class that I know. Um, they probably re- they probably regret not taking you at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so I just wanted to, I don't know I mean sounds like you already knew that but when I looked at looked at those statistics I was like wow this is freaking amazing I gotta tell Victor like yeah how, how awesome of a job he that's did. right Over yeah it's like a really it's a really small group here but um the ones that are fortunate are the ones that worked really hard and persistent and so absolutely absolutely so uh i want to go back to the beginning right so you first came to me in early july of last year i think it was like right after fourth of july weekend i believe and Mm. uh do you remember where you were at the recruiting process back then like what what you were struggling with yeah so um when i first reached out to you is because like I knew I was at a pretty disadvantage from a non-target school and I thought having you in my network would help and then I just remember that um, I really wanted to get into investment banking, but I just didn't know where to start because, you know, all I really had were resources online. And some research resources were like, maybe like Wall Street Oasis, where they're like, oh, buy this training model and you'll get into um, investment banking or like, oh, you have to start with networking. But, you know, it was kind of hard. It was awkward for me to network with people that weren't really alumni. Mm-hmm. And like, as you just mentioned, there aren't very many alumni that, are uh, actually in investment banking mm-hmm. so I just had no idea where to start so I I feel like when I got off the call with you the like introductory call 
you made it a lot clearer for me and you, you broke it down step by step. Like first you have to start off with your resume and all that stuff. Then you have to work on networking and then, then you can prepare for interviews once you actually land those interviews. And then it doesn't stop there. Cause once you're in the interviews, like I mentioned before, I've done dozens of interviews and it's not, it's not as easy as you get an interview, you get a job. You actually have to really work well, like work well at showing yourself and all that. So. Right. Right. I think with with your help, you you broke it down and made it a lot easier to go step by step on what it really takes to get into banking. So yep, yep. And, and I mean, when you came to me, obviously, you know, it was the summer between sophomore and junior year. So mm-hmm. had you already been recruiting during the second semester of sophomore year, given how you know accelerated the recruiting timeline is these days? Um, well, I just uh, what I was doing was just really applying online, not doing too much networking, just hopefully trying to get in, but. Like as everyone should should most likely know that these banks get um, thousands and thousands of resumes, so like it, it, it's really hard to stand out from the crowd, especially if you don't know anyone that works there. Yeah. So um, I was basically just applying like a black hole, but like with your program and everything, it got, I worked did a lot better with networking, and I feel like my resume stood out more. And and you you also offered me a lot of resources that I was able to talk to in my interviews, such as like that national investment banking case competition, which was really um, good for me. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so uh, that's actually, instead of thousands of thousands or thousands of applications, if we're talking about these bull racket banks, they actually get tens of thousands to yeah. hundreds of thousands on the high end. Right. So it's actually uh, a whole other level in terms of the magnitude of the number of applications that they get. But okay. So then like to basically summarize, the, the reason you were struggling back then, because I went back and looked at my notes from that first conversation that we had, but obviously first things first, you go to a non-target school, right? And so it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of alumni they can reach out to. Um, you hadn't done much networking up to that point. I think when you came and talked to me, you said you had talked to maybe five people, right? Yeah, I told you I could, you asked me if I could count the number of people I, I, I talked to on my hands. I said, yeah. So. <laughs> right, yeah, I talked to five people, but you said you had no idea how to do it. And then, yeah. uh, and then you mentioned like, you know, inter- you, had, you didn't have too much interview experience and interviews were hard for you. I think you had just come back from like a weekend in New York City because you had a wedding or something and you uh, ended up networking with someone there but he ended up turning that into kind of like a mock interview for you to like help you out. But you, uh, you realize you really yeah. struggled with like telling your story and just selling yourself. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he told you like, Hey, Victor, you should work on the behaviorals first, uh, before you do the technicals. Uh, but then once you start working on the behaviorals, you kind of forgot like a lot of the technicals that you had learned. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, that's yeah. actually exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 cause I went back and, and looked, looked at my notes and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, and then the other thing was like, you had applied for, um, uh, like other programs like modern guild and things like that. And you got selected for the interviews, but then like you didn't get past the interview process, right. As well as like some diversity programs at the bold racket banks and things like that. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I was, how I mentioned before. Well, I, I think I really need your help and it paid off was, but there were just so many things like thrown at, at you online. So I thought like, you know, like, Hey, if I know my technicals, I'll get a job in IB, but that's not really how it works because most, most interviews really start off behavioral. And if you don't like do well in your behavioral interviews, they're not really going to care to grill you on technicals because like they can't see themselves working with you. So I feel like that's where I had a problem where I just didn't know, like there's so many things 
of study and I just didn't know like how to go in order and stuff like that. Right. And with the behaviorals, I feel like most of the time when I talk to students, you know, they feel more confident about their behaviorals and their technicals, right? Because they feel like technicals are harder. I might not know the answer. Behaviorals, you know, even if they ask me something I don't know, I could just like make something up and it's just talking about yourself, right? Like what could be so hard about that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in reality, as you go through the process, you realize that it's actually not that simple and not that straightforward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like a lot of times the answers that you come up with actually aren't as good as they need to be, but uh, but it's, it's a blind spot for you, right? Because you, you don't mm-hmm. know what needs to be better since you came up with the answers, right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So like, and then like, just so people know too, like as you, like what, what kind of experiences were you going into recruiting with? Like when you first came to me, like, um, what did you have on your resume uh, at the time? Well, yeah, when I had, um, when I first came to you, I only had really two things on my resume. I, I did like a internship this summer. I, I worked like part-time with my dad. So I had that on my resume. And then um, that summer I called you, I was um, working, doing a summer internship for just like a, a, nas- a company called National Jets or they like operate jets and lease out jets and stuff like that. And I just, um, it was really more of an accounting internship which I just um, create, helped them create a budget for the upcoming year. But I was really able to leverage that um, with, with you helping me, like getting the things out of me, like what I was actually doing in that internship. And I was really able to leverage that um, in my interviews to make it seem more, you know, like banking related. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the the internship with your dad, that's more of like a sales and marketing internship, right? Yeah. So I did like a sales and mark, I did like a, basically a marketing internship with my dad where I really just helped them um, bring it like with customer acquisition efforts. So I did like Google analytics, Facebook advertisements and click funnels um, just like help them bring in more clients, which was nothing finance related, but um, you know, I just like to mention this, that, whatever experiences you have um you should always have on your resume because actually a lot of bankers were impressed with with click funnels because i had that as one of my skills mm-hmm. they'd always ask me you know what are click funnels i told them you know what i did like what click funnels were and they're actually really impressed by that and, and it's like something different that they see on a resume that maybe you know people applying to their bank just have the same thing over and over again like excel word stuff like that so. right and a big part of it too is also like knowing how to tie the experiences you have back to why you would be a good candidate for banking. Right. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily always have to be a finance experience for you to make it uh, relevant. Right. You just have to yeah. like, that's part of what we have to work on. Right. Um, and then the other thing, and then the other internship that, that you did the finance one, that's basically like a, like a FP&A internship essentially. Right. Yeah. I just really just helped them like, forecast the budget for the upcoming year so i it was um it wasn't really a structured internship i just made it um the way i kind of wanted to like he gave me a budget and then i what i did was i actually helped him like forecast the budget for the upcoming year yeah. and at the end of the summer i pitched him you know like hey like your maintenance department is struggling or like you know this you might want to like cut out this department or maybe like cut expenses because it's, it's it's really losing cash throughout yeah. the year so yeah Okay, and so, I mean, because I just, I, I asked these questions because I wanted to spell the notion, the myth that a lot of people think like, oh, if I go to a non-target school, I can't get into banking. Or, oh, if, um, if, I, uh, if I don't um, have a lot of, uh, like, 
relevant finance experience on my resume, then I can't get into banking. Like, Oh, I got to have like an internship from like a boutique investment bank, at least uh, if I want yeah. to be competitive, like you didn't have any of that. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was actually shooting for um, like the, my freshman year, I was like reaching out to a lot of the boutiques and coming from Florida, there's like the number of boutique investment banks in Florida. Like you could actually count, count them on your hand maybe 15 at max. I was like reaching out to those and a lot of them like, Oh, sorry, we either don't take interns or we only hire after their junior year and stuff like that. So I was like struggling there too. So I just did the best of, um, of what I could get with, um, working with like, uh, this company called national jobs. stuff. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. So let's see. So can you share with everyone kind of like, what got you interested in investment banking? Like, why was this so important to you? Or like, why did you want to try and do something that's so difficult to do when the odds were so stacked against you? Yeah, well, so I guess I'll start off back in, in high school. So in high school, I took like this um, finance course, finance elective my senior year. And we, we played the stock market game. And ever since then, I've been really interested in the stock market. So I've always been like reading the Wall Street Journal and reading books. And I started my own portfolio my freshman year with money that I saved up. And then um, after my freshman year, once I started taking my first finance courses, like financial accounting, um, I wanted, I looked at like career paths and see where I wanted to go. And and I've always liked challenges and and I saw investment banking was was like the best um, place to go after, after college for potential career opportunities in the future. And um, just, you know, learning as much as finance at a very, um, with a very steep learning curve. So that's what drew me to it. And ever since um, the end of my freshman year, I've just been do, like researching investment banking and just wanting to break in so badly. So I think like that drove me to, um, you know, really, really push myself and never give up to finally um, get an offer in the end. So. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and, and, on a more personal level, I remember we, when we first talked about this, um, this kind of stood out to me, but you mentioned how obviously, Hey, you come from like a middle-class family, right. And obviously yeah. work very hard to support you and give you like the, uh, the best education that you can possibly have. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and you want to make them proud. Right. And also like, obviously they're helping you pay for college and they were even taking out student loans to do that. And you wanted to be able to, uh, not just pay them back, but you and pay them back and more. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so you want to make sure that you're going to be successful and have a high paying job and, uh, all that good stuff. Not, not because like, you know, money is the most important thing or whatever, but nowadays people spend so much, invest so much money into their, uh, college education. Um, that yeah. if, if you're graduating with a job that's paying you, $50,000, but you're graduating with like 30 or $40,000 of student loans, which I think is like actually the national average right now is people are graduating with between 30 and 40,000 of student loans. Um, that's a horrible ROI, right? Yeah. But, but if you can graduate with a job that's, you know, paying you $125,000 or whatever your first year out of school, that's two and a half times higher than what an average college grad makes in the U S which is $50,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that, 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 that is something that, you know, I, I hear from a lot of people too, which is just like, yeah, my parents are, you know, working so hard and uh, paying so much for me to go to school. I just want to, I want to make sure that this is a good investment on their behalf. So 
I definitely remember talking about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, then, like I said earlier, so then, like, you didn't – okay, so that's why you wanted to go to banking, and that all makes sense. You love investing, and you want to learn as much as possible. Now, like I said earlier, you didn't come to me until early July, right, between sophomore, uh, uh, sophomore and junior year. Um, yeah. The summer before junior year. Now, before that, obviously, you had already been trying to get into investment banking on your own, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what were some of the things that you were doing on your own, right? Like, what were some of the other resources that you had been using? Yeah, so I guess um, a major resource I would say is just Wall Street Oasis, their forums. I just go through that, but like there's just so much thrown out you out at you. And if you don't really have like, especially coming from non-target, if you don't have someone like maybe like guiding you throughout the way, it's like a lot to handle and you might not know where to start off. So all I was really doing before working with you was just like applying um, through like career websites and stuff like that. And you know, it's also hard coming from non-target school because my like career, my my job board doesn't like. There's maybe three investment banks on there, mm. and um, they're boutique investment banks. So I was just applying like maybe like Golden Sachs, J.P. Morgan, just applying through those like career um, websites, and like it's hard if if you don't really know anyone through there. And and um, I joined like clubs in my school that were focused on investment banking, which is how I know all the people that you just mentioned, like. Uh, I'm I'm like good friends with most of them, but like there's not too many of them, so that's really all I I could have done. And then I guess I studied up on my technicals and what, something that I, I didn't really work on was my behaviorals. I thought I could just how you said before just wing it. That's not really a good strategy, as I realized going through so many interviews that you know your behaviorals really matter, and you have to be able to tie your skill set to to your behavioral questions. So they see like what, what you're good at and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did all the same things that people were normally doing. Like you read Wall Street Oasis, you read like M and I, uh, yeah. read the technical interview guides, um, from, from those websites. You, I think you also went through like a Wall Street prep boot camp as well, right? Yeah. But I think that was really good. Cause it was like a hands-on experience as opposed to like paying for something where you, um, maybe go through it yourself. Cause Wall Street prep actually came to our school. And um, they did like a, they walked us through a three statement model in Excel and then DCF model. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. And that gave me like really like a good um, insight on like maybe an analyst day to day job. And it's something I enjoyed. So that even pushed me even further into wanting to go into investment banking. So. Right, right. But that that's kind of like helpful with the, uh, the technical component, which is just like one very small part of everything else you need to do well to actually be yeah. a job, right? I feel like people always focus so much on the technicals and then that's like all they kind of are like zoned in on. And then like, they feel yeah. like there's so much else, uh, so many other pieces to this puzzle. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then all the information that's online, or this is like Wall Street Oasis on these forums or whatever. Um, obviously all the information is out there, right? Like we have the internet, we have Google these days. Like information is, uh, is not the problem, right? Everybody has information, the same access to the same information, but it's more about knowing what to do with all that information, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have all the same information as everyone else, uh, what's, what's the edge, right? Like what, what makes you the top 1% um, of the people who are trying to get these jobs, right? Since that's how many yeah. people get accepted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, so, and then like, how did you find me in the first place, actually? Um, well, I actually got lucky that I was working with, because what I was doing with my dad over the summer while I was interning, I was also helping him out, was 
creating Facebook advertisements um, that lead into ClickFunnels. So I just like, like I would go on my own Facebook and see like what ads would be targeted towards me. And then I found this, I was like, wow, this is, this is actually perfect. Like I've been wanting to get into investment banking and this is an ad just for investment banking. So I clicked, I clicked that ad and then I got put into your, um, like Wall Street, uh, what's the other group you have? Not Wall Street Mastermind. Oh, uh, so, the, yeah, the, the face, the free Facebook group, right? Yeah, yeah, the free Facebook group. And then, so you, like, what I've always been telling my dad is like content really matters and the content that you were putting out was really good. Like I, I'd sit on your page every day, like it, like maybe your thought of the day, um, your market updates, like everything you're putting out was really good. So I decided to schedule a call with you. And you know when I, when I scheduled my call with you, you, you're really good at, you know, telling me what I needed to work on and, and how you could help me. And I thought that it would be really beneficial for me to work with you. Um, and I'd be better off working with you than if I were on my own. So I decided yeah. to like take a leap and, and work with you and it ended up paying off in the end. So I'm really happy for that. Got it. And a uh, shameless plug for the Facebook group, but it's called uh, Investment Banking Recruiting Secrets for those of you who are listening and want to join the group. If you're not already in it, you can just go search for it. But uh, okay. So then, yeah, after that initial call, I remember, like you said, you had so much conviction in my program. Like um, uh, I think you went and talked to your dad uh, about joining this program because you wanted him to uh, help you pay for it, right? Like most of my um, clients are obviously college students and their parents are still supporting them financially. And so most of the time, the parents are the ones that are kind of like investing on their behalf, right? Uh, but mm -hmm. I remember you talked to him, and then what happened when you talked to him? Well, he was just a little skeptical about the program, and like he, he thought it was just too much money for me to be spending up front when I didn't know the end, what the end results would be. But, you know, I, I believed in myself, and I believed in you, so I, I really wanted to do this program, so... I um, reached out to you and told you, hey, like my dad, um, my dad said he, he, he doesn't want to help me with the pro program at the time. Like we don't have the money. And you, you taught me about resourcefulness. And, um, you know, what I did was to pay for the program. I, I, I applied to different credit cards, you know, zero interest. They have a lot of that for college students. And um, so I just had to apply for many credit cards and, um, and so I could finally pay it. And hopefully in the end, um, it, it pay off and it, it actually is because I'm um, hopefully I'll be making more this summer than, than what the program initially cost. So. Well, you'll definitely be making more this summer yeah. than what the program cost. I'll guarantee you that. Um, yeah. I wish, I wish I could charge as much as you're going to make this summer for my program, but I definitely don't do that. Um, now, yeah. <laughs> now um, that's pretty amazing to me, right? Because uh, what you just said, because a lot of the times when I talk to college students, uh, they will talk about, you know, I, first of all, I can't, I don't work with very many people, right? You know this, like mm -hmm. I only work with like no more than 10 to 15 clients at any given time um, because mm -hmm. it's such a, oops, sorry about that, because it's such a um, uh, hands-on and time-intensive process for me, right? Yeah. And so uh, I have to be very selective about who I actually work with, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times like what, what I try to scream for is like, hey, how committed is this person to actually getting him us and banking because I know what we're going to be doing together is going to be extremely hard. Right. And if this person is not that committed to the goal, uh, based on experience, they're just not going to, they're not going to get there. Right. Like think about mm -hmm. how committed you have to be. And, but a lot of times I talk to students, they'll talk about how committed they are to this goal and, uh, how they know they have to get the help they need because you know, they know what they're currently doing is not working. 
Um, but then they'll let like the smallest thing stop them from actually doing it. Right. But you, you were different. You actually, you say, yeah, I'm absolutely committed to this. And then you had to overcome like multiple obstacles. You're like, Oh, your dad won't help you invest. And then, Oh, you went out, you're like, okay, well then I'm going to go out and try to, um, uh, try to take, uh, apply for some credit cards. And I remember like, I think even like a couple of the first credit cards that you applied to initially, like they didn't even approve you. Right. Yeah. Probably would have just yeah. And then you're like, uh-huh. well, then I'm going to keep trying and apply to other cards. And then you ended up getting like two or three different cards that were, like you said, interest free so that, uh, mm-hmm. by the time you had to pay it back, I mean, it gave you time to go out and make more money and pay that card back. But then, uh, a lot of people were like, Hey, I don't want to take on debt to do this, but there's a difference between like investment debt where you're investing in your own future because you know, yeah. it's a great ROI. It's kind of like, you know, how private equity firms take on debt to do LBOs, right? That's investment debt versus like if you're just, you know, taking on debt to buy for like frivolous things, right? Yeah. And my, and my dad told me that too, because I remember when I asked him and I told him I was going to apply for credit cards. Like my parents aren't very big on credit cards and they don't like them. But my dad was like, hey, it's not like you're buying like a, like a car, like jewelry off on credit it's like something that could potentially pay off in the future so he allowed me to do it and um it did end up paying off so right right well look i commend you for that because uh you made an investment in yourself um and it paid off right and and again like i said the other thing too that it's funny how it works but uh and you may or may not realize this but i'm sure the fact that you had to go so far out of your way to make this happen it just you it just made you even more committed to this process right it's probably also partially mm-hmm. why you were so persistent because you had mm-hmm. to make this work right you invested yeah. so much in this process if you didn't make it work then what were you supposed to do right yeah um, but in a way that actually helped you right because um like a lot of other people who are you were competing with they probably given up at this point right like if we're in what yeah like, Got your offer in what February of junior year, right? Yeah, pretty late, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's amazing, right? So again, I, I definitely uh, I want to give you a lot of props for that. So um, very quickly, like let's talk about like okay, so then you start going to recruiting process. Like, what are all the ways that you feel like uh, this program actually made a difference for you? Like, what 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 were the things that kind of we worked on together that that really helped you? And then like. You know, what, what was the interview process like for you? Like, you know, what were some of the banks that you interviewed with and how did they end up going? And ultimately, like, where did you end up getting an offer from? Because I, I realized we haven't even talked about that yet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so let me see where I'll start off. I guess, um, so this program, so the first thing, I guess, is, is, is resume that you helped us with. And honestly, that the resume that I for, at first had and then the resume that you worked on me with was was way better than I could have ever imagined so I would have to really emphasize that that you need to have a really strong resume because you're you're really good at taking out what we what we actually did in our um in our jobs and portraying it towards you know maybe more banking related and then the next step was was networking obviously and I use I still use that excel model that you provided us with with networking you know always jot down your notes with whoever you speak with and then, um, so I guess the third, which is, I, I would say the biggest thing was your, was the behavioral part of the, the course. So, um, that, the candidate questionnaire that you provided us with, 
Mm-hmm. I actually, so for those who don't know, it's just a questionnaire about ourselves to learn more about ourselves and get out, you know, our skills and, and what we've done in the past. And I actually read through that every single time before I do an interview. So mm-hmm. I, so when they ask me a question, I, you know, I could, I remember my past experiences and can tie back the best answer to what they're looking for and the skill set that I, I could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So I would say this, that was one of the biggest things for me. And obviously the technicals, the technicals are good, but I'd recommend that forever who's still recruiting that you do like case competitions and, and case studies because those really help you and, and it's easier to talk about that in an interview than if someone asks you a technical and you just walk them through like, you know, an answer from a textbook, which is like kind of generic. So um, I just say that. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, okay. So we helped you with all those things. And then you start, like you said earlier, you started getting a lot more interviews after we did those things, right? Because obviously your application materials are better. You're, you were networking better. Um, And then, so like, what were some of the banks that you ended up interviewing with? Yeah. So I interviewed with uh, Deutsche that actually came on campus for us and I made it to the final round. And that was the one I was really banking on. Now this was all the way back in like October, like I interviewed with them like my first three weeks of my fall, my um, of last fall, and um, I made it to the final round, and and but I inevitably inevitably didn't end up getting the offer, and I was kind of disappointed. But you know, I didn't want to stop. I can't just bank on you know one one potential job opportunity. So now to reach out to more banks and stuff. So I interviewed with like City. I interviewed with a lot of um, small boutiques in Florida, one in Jacksonville um a few in south florida and then i ended up um i was getting kind of scared at this point like i really just wanted a um a summer internship and um i uh i applied to a little bit of like back office operational investment banking thing and then i went to city and again for that and i went to the final round and you know i didn't get that i they they placed like they made an order of like the in, intern selections and when i got the call back i i interviewed for two groups and i ended up getting runner up for both so mm-hmm. that was kind of um devastating weren't you, mean, you also like there. The, weren't you also like the runner up for the deutsche bank opportunity too yeah that's what like the deutsche bank guy called me and he was like hey like we really wanted you but we only have a certain amount of um spots open and and, right, they um, only take like you know, one person from your school, right? Yeah, and not even they actually didn't even end up selecting someone from my school. And mm-hmm. the year before, they had an intern from my school that they said was their best intern, so I was kind of like disappointed about that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I in- interviewed with a lot of small boutiques, like back office things. Then this key bank ended up getting my offer for for all those who don't know, Key Bank Capital Markets in New York. And um, I'm, I'm going through the process of selecting my group right now. But um, I ended up getting this because I was really persistent. So I just keep kept applying to jobs, kept applying to jobs. And I applied to them in the fall. And I got lucky because just being so persistent because I applied to them in the fall and I didn't end up getting it. But what happened was they, um, they ended up opening up recruiting again because another spot opened up and there was only one spot available in the New York office for, for the capital markets investment banking team. And, um, so I had to re-recruit for them and I ended up getting it in the end. So. Yep. So lots of close calls, like the Deutsche Bank interview was like pretty much right after you graduated from the program, I think. And so like 
that was one of your earlier interviews. And even then, uh, you made it all the way to final rounds, did well, they liked you, but they just didn't have enough spots, which happens sometimes, right? Because again, mm -hmm. they're, they're only hiring like one percent of the people. So if you're like in the top two percentile, it's like really close, but not close enough, right? So there's a lot of those. And then, mm -hmm. uh, but you're persistent and then you ended up landing at KeyBank Capital Markets, which is um, actually better than a lot of those other opportunities that you, you were interviewing earlier uh, earlier on, right? Like whether it's yeah. boutiques or not to mention like the back office. Like I, I would have told you not to go to the back office jobs actually, but hey, you, you are where you are now, which is this is phenom phenomenal outcome. I know you always want to work in New York. Now you get to go mm -hmm. there for the summer. And then, uh, and I have a great, you know, 10 week experience, uh, yeah. legitimate, uh, mid market bank. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So look guys, I think what we can all learn from Victor is that if you're committed enough and if you're truly willing to do whatever it takes and you have the perseverance to keep going despite all the challenges and the setbacks along the way, then you can succeed right with, with the right help now having because having the commitment and the perseverance alone is not enough right like you got to have the know-how right like yeah if if uh if you know if you, you don't know like if you don't know what you're doing right or if you've been trying to figure things out on your own for a long time and you're not getting the results that you want nothing's gonna change if you just keep doing the same things right like you have to have the self-awareness to reach out for help like victor did and be okay with admitting that you don't have to do everything on your own, right? Like, so like if, if you feel like what I just said is describing you right now, and maybe the odds are stacked against you for a variety of reasons, maybe you don't go to a target school. Okay. Or maybe you don't have a lot of relevant experience, or maybe, you know, you're not a naturally gifted interviewer and you have no idea how to network, like reach out to me and see if I can help you, right? Like you can book a free strategy session with me, uh, which is that introductory call that Victor talked about on this call. Um, and tell me about the challenges you're having, right? And I'll let you know if I can help you or not. Because if I can help you, um, if I can't help you, I won't help you, right? Like, I'll tell you I can't help you. But in, uh, and instead, I'll, I might point you in another direction that I think is going to serve you best. But if I can help you, uh, and then let's get you the help that you need so that you can change the trajectory of your career for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of your life, right? So, Go and book a call now. Uh, you can do so at wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, but the street in the URL is not spelled out. It's abbreviated. So it's ST, right? So it's wallstmastermind.com backslash apply. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you guys, okay? Um, so with that said, Victor, thanks a lot for um, doing this interview today and, uh, and taking the time. I know, I know you're busy and uh, uh, both, you know, I and the listeners really appreciate your time. So, uh, best of luck this summer and definitely keep me posted on how your internship goes. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for today. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.